Hello there, listeners. Welcome back for another episode. And if this is your first time tuning in, greetings and salutations. This is the 963 Universal Frequency, where I connect with people from all around the world to converse on the unconventional topics or the subject matters rarely exposed. I'm the host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness through those I meet with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. This is a profound episode. I have a remarkable guest. His name is Todd Armstrong. He is the host of the Goodness Over Darkness podcast and he joins me all the way from Georgia, the United States, to share his story of enlightenment and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, I was raised as a Catholic. I went to a Catholic school. I was never 100% convinced by the teachings, especially when it came to Jesus Christ. But after listening to Todd and his philosophy, along with the negative polarity that is plaguing our world, you know what? Jesus Christ is all right. Not that I had a problem with him before. I mean, whether or not you look at it as a myth, truth or falsehood, his story is educational, thought-provoking and virtuous, which is something I believe many people need to hear, regardless of your spiritual belief, religion or atheist ideology. We can all agree that there is something corrupt, something sinister, something unlawful disseminating through the gullible and the naive. And however you want to name it, negative polarity, negative energy, negative entity, negative people. This thing obtains its power by manipulating, weaponizing fear, disempowering, demoralizing, dividing and separating. And nobody knows the truth anymore because of how crafty and cunning this negative force has strategized. And so nobody really trusts one another. And it's ironic because there's so many people that are looking for someone to save them. They're looking for a savior, a hero, a quick fix, the one that will protect them, give them the answer and rescue them. We all have the capability of doing that ourselves. And we can do this by knowing ourselves. Having self-awareness, being self-sufficient and building the courage to be independent. As I was saying before, regardless of spiritual, religious, atheism, all of these things are just perceptions, they're concepts, all with the same principle and that is to find inner wisdom, not be a slave to the system. So without further ado, here is the conversation with Todd Armstrong. He is a remarkable soul with a lot to say. And I should also mention that I was a guest on his podcast. We talk a little bit about WA and I share my vivid dreams. It's episode 103 and you can find it on the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. I'm interviewed by Todd and his lovely co-host and partner Mimi. Check it out. I'll leave the link in the podcast description below 
and I will now play our conversation. I hope you enjoy, hope you find it insightful and I'll catch you at the end. Joining me today all the way in Georgia, US, is Todd Armstrong, also known as Emmanuel Kingman. He's the host of Goodness Over Darkness podcast, and he's also studious in biblical texts and the world of enlightenment. How's that sound, Todd? <laughs> oh, uh, sounds excellent. I, I'm not too studied in the Bible. I'm trying to uh, read it myself. You know, there's, I've talk to people who have done a lot of studies on it, but I realized that uh, I should probably start to do my own studies on it. So I've been doing that recently. I think maybe more than others in terms of that, because I I have heard a few of your shows and and checked you out on YouTube. And I just thought to myself, yeah, he knows so much. So I'm really (laughs) looking forward to asking you a lot of questions. Oh, I look forward to the whole conversation (laughs) as well. Uh, should I start with the routine question or should I give you something a little bit different? Are you tired of that uh, routine question? No, however uh, you want to ask it. I'll just <laughs> want to turn this light on over here, but however you want to run it, go ahead. Your journey to enlightenment, could you tell us about that? Oh, well, it, it's quite <laughs> the story. Uh, so seven years ago, actually uh, yesterday, I was arrested and went to prison. And it was for a string of burglaries I, that I committed. I was burglarizing pharmacies when they weren't open. I broke in and did a, did a bunch of stuff that I wasn't, you know, I shouldn't have done. I was a drug addict for 10 years. Uh, there was many different traumas in my life, sexual trauma as a child, uh, as a, a young adult, as a, as a teenager and young adult, my daughter's mother, who was my girlfriend at the time and fiance, there was a lot of abusive behaviors that were happening both to and from me and her, you know, it was, it was a cycle. It was one of those very bad relationships that you hear about where people, they don't belong together and and they keep just coming back for more. So there was a lot of stuff in my past that led me to become the drug addict and I'm hundred percent responsible for all of it. But, you know, there are things out of our control. But now that I'm where I am, I see that it was all designed for me to have the understandings that I have. So three years ago, I started spiritually waking up. I was completely spiritually dead. Then I started to wake up and I did this by meditation. Well, first, I was way overweight. I smoked cigarettes. Like I said, I had addictions to many different things. And I started to really just uh, work out when I was finishing up my prison sentence. And even the way that I got to that point was my 90th day in jail. I prayed to God for the first time in over a decade. Mm -hmm. And I just said, God, I'm not built for this. You know, please, whatever you want me to do, I want to do what is going to not have me in these situations anymore. So like I said, I lost 100 pounds, I exercised, I was doing that, I was going to all the meetings that I had to go to. Uh, There was a lot of different steps that I had to hit in order to get out of prison. So I went to county jail, then state prison. And then it was a halfway or a rehab drug rehab, then a halfway house. And then, you know, there's still other processes along the way. So I ended up getting in pretty good shape that way. And then came the part to start meditating. I was a very angry person. That's how 
the household I was raised in, you know, the first, uh, the first emotion that we all went to was anger, yelling, all that types of stuff. I didn't know how to really communicate with people. I learned through experience and through what I see and hear. And there was always fighting. There was always trying to be right. There was always bickering, uh, talking badly about one another, you know, uh, to put somebody down and not just put them down, but, you know, kick them while they're down, you know, really drive the nail down into them. So that's, I became very good at that. And I had to learn how to undo all that in, in due time. So when I started meditating, it took me 60 seconds and I would fall asleep when I first started. It, it's, you know, it sounds so funny now because I can meditate now for hours without falling asleep. But at the, when I first started, it was 60 seconds and I was out. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it just really, my vibrations were raising and it was uh, really a big change in me. Uh, so uh, from there, I started to well, I took, uh, you know, I don't recommend doing drugs or anything now, smoking weed or doing psychedelics. But what ended up happening for me is as I'm meditating, uh, I had an ex-girlfriend and we were smoking a bong and I took too big of a hit and my crown chakra just popped open. And it was very strange. And it was just like, uh, if you ever heard the uh, Pringles commercial, you know, once you pop, you know, that sound that it makes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once, once it pops, you know, there's no going back. It was like, boom. It was just like uh, one of those Batman comics. So it says like, pal, like that's how my head felt. Like it was just like <laughs> wide open. I think I've uh, experienced something similar, but it's not that loud. It kind of just sounds like a crack. Something's cracked. In, in yes. Both so yeah, so it wasn't the noise really, but it was just like that was like, it was a big old like kabang, like a firework almost, like just the way that it felt. Not the, so I know that I'm explaining it in sounds because it's difficult to but the whole uh, experience, the actual yeah. of, of like epiphany. Ah, oh, there it is. Yeah. I got it. The aha. Yeah. Yeah. Them. Well, it was very <laughs> freaky. Like it was like all of a sudden I was psychic. I just heard things and saw things not really seeing as much I still you know now I can see in my mind so it's not that I see it with my physical eyes but I can see things very clearly in my mind mm -hmm. but it was I was hearing things I was hearing people's thoughts before they said them out loud and it, it's a freaky thing when you start to you're hearing things so we when we have thoughts we don't even know where they come from right yeah. like they're just it's on the ether kind of, we think we're generating it in our own brain and we, we probably are to some extent, but mm -hmm. then there's other times where you'll think to call somebody and they're calling you, or, you know, you'll think of somebody you haven't seen in years and then you'll run into them at the grocery store. You know, it's like mm. weird things like that just kind of sync up. So I was hearing people in my mind say something who I'm with, I was hearing them say it. And then I would hear them say, it. you know, like I was hearing it in my mind and then I was hearing them out loud and it, it's freaky. So, uh, so what that led me to was starting to study ancient civilizations, giants, paranormal activity, uh, all sorts of stuff that led me into delving into psychedelics, which was because all of our ancient cultures were doing psychedelics and I was like, well, you know, it's all demonized here. Why is that? I mm. tried it for myself. And 
I had some fun experiences, but I always did it by myself in order to try to find God. I wanted the whole reason why I was doing any of it was to figure out why am I here? What is going on? Why are we here? I, I didn't understand. Like I knew that there was more to life than what was happening. And I wanted to figure out the answer why and what, what everything was about. So that led me to, uh, to start purifying myself. Uh, as I said, I was already working out. Then when I was meditating, that was already leaving uh, the being angry and those types of things. I was moving up in realms, you know, higher vibrational stuff. I was, so what ended up happening from there that Christmas, it, weird enough, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the astrotheology, how they say the sun dies in the sky for three days and then rises on Christmas. And they say that this is that Jesus is fake because the sun does this, uh, which is it's nonsense, but the sun does do this. Uh, but uh, Jesus also rose from the dead in three days. So it's just as above, so below. It's happening on multiple scales. Mm -hmm. So what happened for me, as I said, I was psychic already. Well, on those three days, it was like I was raising. It was like my thing was just jumping up and down. My abilities were just like way too overwhelming. I actually started wearing a hat because of it, because I I could keep it tamped down a little bit. Like the energy was just so much yeah. that putting a hat on, I, I don't know if it was an actual thing, maybe it's a placebo effect, but I could feel like I could keep it within me a little bit, mm -hmm. but not when, uh, not when Christmas happened, it was just like, I was told like, this is life now that you, you are rising up, that you're no longer going to go back to your head, not throbbing your brain, feeling odd things, you know, it's just not gonna, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube anymore. So a few days later was New Year's and my New Year's resolution was to withhold from ejaculation for over 100 days. And I did that. And in this process, uh, it's some people call raising the Kundalini and they have a lot of psychosis and different terrifying experiences. Mine wasn't terrifying at all. I was very in control of it. I was still working. But what ended up happening in March was the coronavirus hit and everything shut down. Mm. It was very strange timing, you know, as, as I'm raising up, everything started shutting down everywhere else. And I didn't have my job anymore. I got laid off so that I was, I spent four straight months of just raising my vibrations in such a way, such, I mean, exercise, getting out in the sun, uh, doing Tai Chi, just everything I could physically learn from my external realms, I was just doing everything in order to raise myself up. Do you know how to control it now? Is okay, that, so is the hat working for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the hat does not do anything now. Uh, so what ends up what ended up happening was, I moved down to Georgia during the pandemic. And I met Mimi who's my co host and uh, girlfriend. And uh, we just we knew that we were meant for each other. We moved, I moved down here within three weeks of meeting her. And when I started linking up with her, what happened for me was, okay, I raised my external vibrations to a very high level, as I was just saying, mm -hmm. but I wasn't really working on my inside as much. I, what I was doing was 
I was leaving my body with psychedelics and meditation in order to achieve heavenly status. And then I would bring that back and just that feeling I would carry around for a certain period of time, but then it would wear off and I wouldn't, I would still have the, uh, the old me would still be able to come out because I wasn't actually healing myself. I was pretending this, you know, I've learned now that I, I was thinking I was healing myself, but I was only being tricked into that belief. So I really started working on my internal self mm-hmm. being and learning from all my environment. And she taught me so much how to love and how to be loved and uh, to be an adult and care and be a better parent and so many different aspects. She really taught me that and she might not know how much she actually taught me, but she taught me so much by just being herself and I was mimicking my environment. So I got really good at that, but I'm still, you know, at that point, still extremely psychic. And it's when you are psychic, you know, a lot of people want that when they're not that when they spiritually awaken, they're like, I want to be psychic, how can I do that? And it's also a curse, you know, people don't look at it the negative sides that you can't turn it off. Sometimes when I would close my eyes to go to sleep, it was like my head would go into another realm, like I would close my eyes, and all of a sudden, I'm just in the fourth dimension, you know, the fourth dimension is the astral realm. It's when we are astral bodies, it's, it's here, but it's not physically seen with our eyes. But when I would close my eyes, I was there. And it's like, sometimes I couldn't go to sleep, because I mean, I would physically go to sleep, but I was still awake in that realm the entire time. So I wasn't sleeping greatly. And there was actually a point in time where I was like, I'm just not even going to try to go to sleep because I can't. So I'm not even going to do it. I'm just going to occupy myself in another way. But then God had other plans. And, and he, like later that week, I was able to fall asleep for good. Uh, So what ended up happening is I was saved by Jesus Christ. It was one of those things where I, I didn't grow up as a Christian. I, I mean, I was baptized Methodist, and I went to Sunday school every so often as like between the ages of five to 10. But I didn't really learn anything. I didn't know much that, you know, they don't teach you much at Sunday school anyway, but it's not even like I went all the time. It was 45 minutes, just not much to it. And I didn't believe in Jesus. My actually my first psychedelic trip, I saw him come to me and it was just a big head. And uh, so I looked at him and I was like, I knew it was him. And a voice was in my ear and it was saying, uh, he's not for you, but he'll help you if you ever need him. So then the big old head, it just it was bobbing his head. Yes. And he winked and smiled. And he like, he turned his head a little bit when he winked. And now I realized that he was saying like, yeah, you're, they're telling you lies, but I'm here for you when you need me. And uh, what ended up happening is I had demons chase out of me. I had this injury. I had 400 pounds of chicken and cheese <laughs> fall on top of me. As I'm, So I'm a truck driver. I'm delivering this food. Oh, no way. Yeah. And I had a little dolly, you know, with it, cheese and chicken all lined up on it. And I go to pull it up a little curb. And I slipped because the ground was all wet and I, it fell on me, pinned me to the ground and I landed right on my tailbone, my root chakra. And over the next three days, I couldn't walk. 
really. I was still, I finished out my day. That was my first delivery that day. I finished working that day. I worked the next day. But there was also, for some reason, I felt compelled. And at this point, I'm very intuitive. So whenever I get a thought, I just kind of go with it. And I kept getting the thought to buy tobacco. So the day before my injury, I bought this big old bag of tobacco to burn it, just to burn it in a fire. We had lots of fires going in the backyard all the time. Is this an urge you had to? Yeah. Yeah. Just intuitive (laughs) thought, just start burning tobacco. So, uh, and actually I had just, so I was in. I was doing the QAnon type of stuff and thinking Trump was going to be, you know, was going to arrest all these pedophiles, right? That's what my thought was uh, during the previous, right before the election. And then I started to realize that it was probably not, uh, not true, but I wasn't completely sure. I had a lot of hope and thought it was, but this was like two days after the presidential inauguration. Once Biden got inaugurated, I I went and deleted my Twitter. And I was like, you know, I'm done with all this. I, I was being influenced. I was being led down the wrong path. I need to clear out my mind. I need to become one with myself. So the next day after that is when I got the tobacco. The next day I get injured. So that night I get home from work. We're burning tobacco. Or, you know, we're having a fire and I, I'm throwing tobacco into the fire, just doing it. I'm, and I don't know why. I'm just like, I'm just doing it. And it turns out later on that the Native Americans, they do that as a practice to ward off evil spirits. So, and I am partial Native American. And when I woke up, I joined a Native American indigenous church. So, you know, there was that aspect in me to do those types of things, you know, like my ancestors, if you will. Uh, I, I could feel that I was called to do that. So it, it was two days of doing stuff like that. And then the third day was a Sunday and I was drinking tea all day. I had made this tea to help ease with the pain. And I was, it was Sunday night. I was drinking tea all day. So I was very, you know, I wasn't in any pain because uh, I've been drinking tea all day, but I was also a little loopy and in a good, good spirits. And my daughter, I was putting her to bed and she made me laugh. And when she started making me laugh, I started feeling like I had to throw up. And I was like, all right, so I go to my bedroom and I'm not laughing and I don't have to throw up anymore. So then I'm with Mimi, my girlfriend in the bedroom, and she starts making me laugh. And again, I feel like I have to go throw up. So I have to hustle to the bathroom as fast as I could. And I take two big hurls. And it was the most relief that anyone could ever experience. It is what people in the Christian community would call deliverance. I was delivered from demons. And it wasn't that anybody performed this on me, except for Jesus Christ himself performed it on me. The only words that came to mind were, you have been saved by Jesus Christ. And I throw open the door. And mind you, you know, I'm still in a lot of... Uh, not a good shape to be walking in quickly, but I throw open the door and I look at my girlfriend and I say, I've been saved by Jesus Christ. And she goes, I knew you were going to say that. See, she, she didn't know that I didn't throw anything up. I shut the door when I went into the bathroom. So she couldn't see in, but I throw open the door and it's just like all this relief. It's like, you know, like 
one of those scenes in a movie where the, like the sun's just pouring down on me and like birds are flying behind me and I'm just like <laughs> so then I walk over to her and throw myself on the bed and it was just like complete bliss at that uh like the state of bliss that you feel taking mushrooms psilocybin mushrooms uh that you get for 10 minutes I had that for 36 hours and then a little bit less than that for the next eight and a half days so it was 10 days of complete bliss like I was on top of the world being saved by Jesus uh after that is when I started to go on podcasts to tell my awakening story and I started my own podcast as well and it's just been uh more and more beautiful the the longer that it goes the more pure I become in all of my actions the the more I do away with all of my bad behaviors and it's just uh, a wonderful process everything that's happened to you, these traumatic experiences, I don't know, would you call them traumatic experiences or maybe just sure? Or would you call it bad karma? Well, uh, no, I would, I would call it trauma, trauma, not karma. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to ask you the difference between good and bad and whether or not there is such a thing as good and bad. I always feel as if, if, if there's bad karma, for example, say going to prison, so you get caught, you go to prison, and you become a better person after it. That's just a, an example of what I mean when I say that there's always something that something good always comes out of something bad. Yeah, is that fair to say, or is am I completely off page? No, it definitely does. Uh, so when we talk about karma, sometimes that's like a broad term. Some people could use it as karma goes from one life and then reincarnation into another life and you're living out your karma Mm -hmm. that to me is uh jesus has revealed that's not a thing it's more that we are the product of our ancestors decisions up until the time where we hit puberty then after puberty then we're responsible for everything that happens to us and it does happen in that way which you would call karma Mm -hmm. where you could call it reaping and sowing law of attraction there's many different ways to say it, but yeah, we, we generate things, things happen to us mm-hmm. and things are happening for us. It, I mean, that's a perception thing also. So we're, it, we get into a stage where it's, it depends on somebody's perception for good and bad. You know, when we use the terms, like, was this a good thing that happened for me? Or was this a bad thing that happened to me? It's both at the same time. It just depends on your point of view, but there, that's also different from good and evil. Good and evil is a moral versus an immoral behavior. And it's inherent in all of us that we know the difference in our moral compass. We see an adult assaulting a child. We all know that's an evil act. And it doesn't matter if you're the adult that's doing the assaulting, you know, it's an evil act, but there's also a difference when we talk about good versus bad, because I went to prison as a punishment. And a lot of people don't want to say punishment's not a thing, but it is. It, I was being punished for my behaviors, but then it was my jumping off point of becoming something amazing. So again, it's both at the same time. It is a bad thing at that time. You know, I'm in prison. I'm stuck in prison. I want to get high. You know, I want to live my life. I have a daughter. I don't want to be in jail but it was for my own good and my own benefit 
God was keeping me from hurting others further and hurting myself further. So it's perception, but, but it's also, it, it is good that it happened. Of course, it was bad at the time, of course, but it was my journey. So I wouldn't change what happened because then I wouldn't have been able to have the knowledge that I have now mm -hmm. to transmute all of my ancestral trauma to help have my daughter transmute all of our, hers, trans ancestral trauma into what we are now doing together as, as long or as well as with Mimi and everything else that goes on when I do my mentorship programs and the energy work that I do and all the people that reach out to me saying my podcast helps them, you know, none of that's possible. If I don't go to jail, if I don't have experienced sexual trauma as a young child, if I don't have my heart broken and become suicidal, uh, you know, so if all of those things, if I don't do the psychedelics that I now don't recommend, if I'm not saved by Jesus Christ, which I do recommend, uh, you know, if all of those things, if one of them doesn't happen that way, maybe I'm not here at all in the, the position that I'm in. So it was all worth it because of the fruit that is now being born out of those bad decisions mixed with the good ones that are, are bringing beauty to the world. So that kind of brings me to the next question. Do you believe that you selected this path for yourself? No, I don't think that's a thing. So I think in the spiritual community, a lot of things get regurgitated. Uh, and it's not anyone's fault. But when we awaken to the deception and lies of the world, we tend to just grab onto everything. You know, when we first awaken to conspiracy theories, we just believe in everything. And then we get to a point where we're like, ah, oh, well, you know, we got to rein it back in a little bit. Uh, but with the spiritual side, it's the same thing that we just tend to believe it. And we tend to just gravitate towards whatever types of weird stuff that there is paranormal type of stuff. A lot of us are turned off to the church, which I still I'm not a Christian, I don't go to church. So we think that Jesus is a lie, we think that Christ isn't real. And we think that they don't know anything that that oh, there's all these psychics and mediums, and they're they're the ones that really know stuff. They're talking to the dead. They're doing this, they're doing that. But then we look at like channeling and reincarnation. Like, how could you channel somebody if they're reincarnating? I mean, they can't, they kind of contradict each other. Mm -hmm. uh, th there's a lot of weird things like that that happen. Like people that tell us we're moving into the age of Aquarius are also people who say that your belief is what you're going to manifest in the world. So are they trying to make you believe something because they want you to manifest something? You know, it's, it's a lot of when we start to pull back the layers, like, okay, you know, how does this work? If this works, how there's some contradictory stuff. And so what I've learned is not to trust anything in the astral world. Say I myself, I had demons in me, I, you know, I, I've pulled demons out of people. And going through what I went through with the QAnon phenomena, uh, that I was what how I even got led into that was I was meditating. And in my meditations, I was leading military personnel down into caves to free children and men and women that were down there and were uh, 
chained up. They were in terrible conditions. I would wake up from dreams uh, several nights in a row at the same exact time. And I was remembering where I just was and people were amazed and they were saying, who are you? Cause I'm floating above them. It was like Cambodia. It was somewhere in Korea, South Korea. I mean, just wild stuff. And then I learned about the QAnon thing. So I'm like, Oh, that's real. I've experienced that in meditation. I've experienced that in my dreams. So I'm not saying that it is real or isn't now, but what ends up happening because I trusted what I saw and experienced is, and I was hearing people say words after I was hearing them in my mind, I just believed everything. And we get to a place where, you know, the best psychics say that, oh, we can only be 70% correct is the best. Well, that's because we're being deceived 30% of the time at the best. So at the most likely people are only going to be right about 40% of the time. And they're still going to believe it every single time, which is you're being right less than half the time. Mm -hmm. And you're still going to believe it. Now, what's going on there is energies are infiltrating our bodies, or we are energetic beings, we have chakra systems, we have energy centers, however, someone wants to term it you know, these energy centers exist. And we need to clean out all these energy centers. And in doing so we think once we clean out the energy centers, that we're no longer being deceived, we think we can still uh, do psychedelics, we think we should still do all these escapisms, meditation, we could do yoga, we can do uh, Reiki, and I'm not saying any of these things are inherently bad, but we're we're having spiritual fornication, we are uh, we are like, if you think of it in terms of like, we are sexualizing our spirit with all these different spirits, you know, you're dipping your, your spirit into all these different pools. And then you are bringing things with you. So no matter how clear you were at one point, you are now pulling energies into you. And these negative energies, they hide as angels of light, because they wouldn't be very good at deceiving you if they just came, you know, if someone comes up and like smacks you on, on the back of the head, you're not going to really trust that person, right? If they say, uh, if they say something, but if someone comes and befriends you, and shows you different things, and then all of a sudden, now they're in a position where you trust them, mm -hmm. then you're in a big time position to be deceived. That's what's happening. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, we have fallen angels in conjunction with demons, are they're all very real and they're they they're separate yes very separate yes demons are like the offspring the the spirits of the offspring that the fallen angels created by manipulating the dna of humans and all the other living beings of the earth so we're we get manipulated and it's not just them but it's also dead people earthbound spirits so there's a thing called spirit guides right um, so to me, like when I read the book of Enoch and I, I break down the series of the book of Enoch, I can see that the number one thing that they did wrong was they interfered with humanity. Right. And for that, they have become fallen and they don't have a place in heaven anymore. So when we have different energies helping us, not that energies 
can help us or don't help us because they do at certain times, you know, a, a child will be saved somehow they'll fall out of a burning building without an injury you know there's all types of miracles happen like that all the time but for the most part on our day-to-day -day basis we don't have spirit guides around us if we do they aren't going to present themselves to you in a way that you know who they are they're not going to interfere because if they do they lose their place in heaven and they don't want to do that and the ones that do interact with you are earthbound spirits who have not ascended to heaven. They are still on the earth plane and don't necessarily know that they're dead. Or if they do know that they're dead, they think that that's the afterlife is there, or they are purposely just messing with people. They are tricksters and they are just having a good time because they think that that's what being dead is that oh okay i'm just here now you know i can still see and interact with everybody so there are those people and really they just haven't ascended because they haven't accepted christ into their life and it's not necessarily the name of jesus but in being as psychic as i am i will go places and i feel energies when i go somewhere and i can feel when there's earthbound spirits around so what i was doing for a long time was I was helping them ascend by having them accept the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they would ascend. And I started working with people doing energy work, and I would help them. So there was somebody who was an MK Ultra victim, and she wrote a book about it. There's a, a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say who it was, but there's a lot of detail in there that I had no idea about until I worked with her. And then I listened to her story afterwards mm -hmm. and it was, I was understanding that I experienced so much of what she experienced in my own mind as I'm working with her. It was just, it was traumatic for me uh, to experience, but there were thousands of souls that were stored in her and I had them accept the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. And they started ascending and they were just, they were not, human form the way that our astral bodies are they were so without form that they were just like piles of mush and i was still able to communicate with them and get them to accept jesus she sends me an email the next day and saying that i did something for her that nobody else could and of you know in decades of work and i did this all for free i hit her up and i was like look i need to work with you like jesus is telling me to work with you so i i did that and so I only came to understand all this stuff as real as Jesus, fallen angels and demons, all of this being a real thing and not just fallen angels, but regular angels too, because of my experiences, you know, it's, it was something where I learned the astral realms. I learned being psychic and doing psychedelics. And the, I found out the blueprint, the holographic universe that we're in the vibrational frequencies that are, are going about moving things in all their different directions and that you know god spoke and things became because everything is a vibration i learned all of that and then that was preparing me to understand spiritual warfare and what we're the time that we're in now and so when when we say i, I forget what your exact question was uh that I, we started this what i know <laughs> It was uh, that's okay. It was um demons and um 
what are they exactly? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I think it was, you asked, do we sign a contract to come here? Uh, so that, oh, yeah, the, or, yeah, yeah. So we'll not sign a contract. Or, did we pick the path? Oh, do, yeah, we, do we pick the path? Some people say sign a contract. So did we pick the path? My answer to that, you know, I set all that background information up and I'll answer the question about the demons in a moment. But we, we, what we do is we live one life approximately. Maybe we'll live two if we, like, we are in a time now that we're getting a chance to redeem, be redeemed. But we get one life really. And it's not necessarily you have to accept the name of Jesus Christ, but we have to accept love and understanding and truth into our hearts and let that be our overriding factor in order to get to heaven. Now, there's only going to be one judgment, one eternal fire uh, type of deal where people are then, you know, everyone either ascends or doesn't. But when we die now, we go into, like I said, there's a lot of earthbound spirits. So when we are born, what we what happens is there's a big ball of consciousness. It's like a big cotton ball, essentially, it looks like. And a little piece gets plucked off of it and gets put. And we're all in line. They're just little balls that they're all right next to each other. And we're all in line. And God or whoever's in charge at that point, maybe it's one of the angels, I don't know. They, they have us in line and they send us down when we're ready and they'll pick us, you know, one by one and they'll send us, we don't pick our families. We, uh, we don't reincarnate. We are, we go into the body and then we grow with the body as above. So below we look one way when, because we grew this way because of our physical nature, how, whatever parents and situation we're born into now what we do is we tell God, you know, use me however you want to use me. And God determines that, you know, we don't determine it. Now, maybe we can tap into a stream of thinking that says, you know, we are one with God. And therefore, we chose this because we are God. But that's not a full true statement. We're just a piece of God. We're one aspect of him. And so we don't necessarily choose the path. We just let God use us how he determines is best. And, and we don't have objections to wherever we're going to go and however it's going to happen. What is the point in that? A never-ending cycle. It just keeps going well, on and okay. on. Okay. Well, this brings up why Jesus even had to come down here. Jesus is our creator. Why he had to come down here in the first place is so Jesus created the angels, right? Uh, and he gave them full creative abilities. And they started creating their own creations. But what they did was they enslaved their creations. So in order to counteract this, to stop all of it, with still using free will, mind you, because that is the overriding universal uh, law is free will. He then creates Adam and Eve, who then he knows is going to uh, fornicate with the other beings that are here that aren't of God. And what that does is now we're at the point where we are all a mixture of the serpent seed uh, or the, you know, the angel fallen angel seed, as well as the seed of Adam and Eve. So we're all some combination of the two so that he can call back his seed 
which would override, it doesn't matter if you're 99% serpent seed and 1% Adam and Eve, that 1% is strong enough. We're washed by the blood. That's a big Christian term is we're washed by the blood because we all have the blood of Jesus Christ in us now. And that overtakes the stronghold of the hive mind that these fallen entities have created. So the reason why we at certain times we're standing in line being told to go down is we are to experience life. That is a very true thing that we're here to experience things and express God in our own diverse ways. And it's the diversity that keeps us as a whole unit as one being God, but we are also here to rescue all of God's creations that were, or I'm sorry, all of the creations that were created that were enslaved. So we're living out a, a very vast amount of uh, traumas. And there's a lot of ancestral stuff here from our ancestors, the fallen angels, but also our ancestors of Adam and Eve and Jesus. And, you know, we're, we're the combination of all of them. So we're he all here to get rid of this uh the system and we're here to clean it all out so it's not like it's an ever never-ending loop i know it, it could seem that way because it's so long because it's such a long process but it's really it, it's god's creations did this to themselves and we are we are them essentially you know we are combinations of all of their energies and we have to quote unquote suffer or uh uh, suffer the consequences or, you know, face the consequences of our own actions. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And as they took us deeper and deeper into denser physicalities, time became slower and we had to experience things on a longer looping basis. Can a person escape it? So escape what? Transcend to another realm do we have to keep living that way or can we escape it and maybe well yeah so, another dimension right so when people have the understanding in their heart like i was saying okay. and they die they go to heaven so it's not that they're earthbound the earthbound ones are want people who died and didn't accept christ or those beings who don't have anywhere to go when they die uh, like if we were to create uh, sentient computers and they had sentience and we were to kill the computer mm -hmm. then the sentience would have nowhere to go they don't fit in our heaven they really have nowhere to go so they would just be bound here so that's kind of what happened a little bit with that so we do transcend and ascend to heaven and we go back up but we can't interfere with free will which is why you know there are different angels who who will come down, like I said, they'll perform miracles for people and they'll save them because they're not due to be hurt or whatever. So they'll, you know, a kid will just get thrown out of the way of a truck where all sorts of, of crazy stuff will happen. Mm -hmm. uh, a mother will be able to pick up a car off of her child. You know, that's not just the mother doing it. Something is there helping. Uh, so we get to go on the other side and be spectators and not just that, but we do other things as well. You know, this is where people say that there's other planets that they'll do all sorts of different stuff on. 
that's when you get to like the seventh dimension. That's when uh, you get to experience as you think things, you start to create right in front of your very own eyes and, and there is no limit to anything. I, I take it you are a believer in this. I'm not too sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Satan rules the world concept. Uh, so Satan is uh, a term for the adversary. The adversary of Christ does rule the world. So I don't know that it's exactly one entity. I think it's actually many different entities that are uh, vying for supremacy against each other, but they're working their overarching goal is to work against us. It's not to work uh, against each other. They do to a certain aspect. And this is like the theater you'll see in politics that it's, you know, it's left wing and right wing of mm -hmm. the same bird. Yes. They're battling each other for supremacy, but their ultimate goal is to just keep us down. So they'll fold into each other and, and you know, let somebody else take control. But just as long as we don't find out, that's what their ultimate goal. So when we say Satan running the world, yes, the adversaries, this is like, this is their heaven, essentially, that this is physicality, this is the best that they can do, which is why they want to keep us down so that they can be quote, unquote, lowercase g gods uh, amongst us, because they can't go any higher. That's why they want to be immortal here, because they can't they're they're not allowed to go to the higher realms because they don't have in their hearts what it takes to actually get there we hear the the same story about jesus jesus was the son of mary she was a virgin he he um healed people that that same story that you hear all the time he rose on the third day what is your understanding of, of jesus christ and and everything that we're taught in in school compared to what, because what you've told me now is an overload. I'm hearing meditation, which I've always related it to Buddhism, Hinduism. We never learned that in, in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Like the third eye. We never, we never learned about that. If we did, maybe it was under a different term. And even Jesus being psychic, we never learned anything about that. So I was just wondering what is your understanding as to the information that were provided back in the day when I was growing up to now is, is someone hiding the information from us? Are they sequestering it so that we don't actually know the truth? Okay. Uh, so Lucifer is one of Jesus's creations that then uh, created in the seventh dimension, as I was saying, created this realm that we are in. So that's maybe why some people think that he is God of this realm, because Jesus created him on a higher dimensional scale. He turned around and then uh, created this realm where he could rule over. But Jesus is the creator of creators. Uh, Jesus came down. So when we say the son of man or the son of God, it's okay, we are all children of God but Jesus was God's one and only incarnation. It's like if we were to create a video game and then physically enter that video game and we only got one shot at it, mm -hmm. that would be Jesus. It, that's the creator's one chance at being here as one of his creations in order to die for the sins of his other creations that that got us into the position we were in 
So to answer your question about is someone hiding the truth? I, okay, when we look at the Bible and we're taught from the church's point of view about life and we're not really spiritual about it, we're not understanding the full magnitude of it, they don't want to give us the outside information. Uh, they don't, they want to really box it in and contain us to a certain limit. I can understand why they would do that because of how dangerous the astral realms are, you know, after experiencing all that I've experienced with demons personally, uh, you know, seeing them, having them released out of me, having demon casting demons out of people physically battling them in meditation. You know, I've, I'll have a lot of experience with all this stuff. It's be, they don't want us to know that so that we don't, they think that by not giving us the information that they're protecting us. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's one of those things where like, if you have a child and maybe your child's adopted and you don't tell them because you think it's going to hurt them if you tell them. So it's, I think it maybe have started in something like that, mm -hmm. but, but there is, you know, they are purposely keeping the information. Not that even the churches know this necessarily because they're indoctrinated into a system, these pastors and uh, nuns and whoever, you know, uh, they are working. A lot of them don't really know that they're working to enslave us, to make us have a hive mind, which is not what this is about, you know, mm -hmm. having a hive mind, thinking one way, having just one slice of the pie as the only slice of the pie. It's just not true. We're a full spectrum and we f need to fill out the full spectrum. But uh, so with the Jesus story of him being born of a virgin, I, I do believe that it is what happened. Uh, I've experienced him dying on the cross and him being resurrected. And at his moment of resurrection, is when he was given authority it's a very weird concept but you have to think in two different places like he was was already the creator outside of here but inside of here he had to die in order to become the fully recognized creator like he wasn't in full until the resurrection happened and he was given authority over all of creation here as well as he already had it outside of here but here once he died on the cross and he became the representation of what man needed to look to in order to ascend because what was happening was people were being they were dying and being bound here earthbound spirits and they weren't ascending and in order to f figure all that stuff out he had to come down as one of his one of these creations in order to understand it on a personal level because it's one thing for him to see it happening you know on the outside scale and he experienced it through his cells feeling it but he had to become one of us in order to show us the way out to be that guide for us to get out because uh, we are all like lost sheep you know Mm -hmm. and and we need to find our way back home so it's uh, he left the light on for us so that we can see the light and travel back home and it's his 
example for us, not that we have to die, of course, he was the sacrifice for us. So we didn't have to die for our stuff. We just had to become like him as best we can and truly have it in our hearts. And that's what gets us to ascend. Sorry, I'm going to go back on one of the questions. Demons, how do we know? How do we know that we have one in us or around us? What does it okay. feel like? <laughs> oh, well, it can feel like any number of things. Sometimes a demon will make you feel like you're horny a lot and they'll make you have sex and you'll be very happy. And you'll think that you're, you know, you're doing something good, but then you're just having sexual partners all over the place and you're not realizing that it's not you that's in control there. Sometimes it's gluttony. Sometimes it's wrath. We don't really know how to determine that there's a demon inside of us, especially when it's inside of us. It takes someone on the outside to see our behaviors and evaluate and say, well, this person was this way for a long time, and now they're acting out this way. And the really the way that I've come to know that someone has a demon in them is to see how they react when I use the name Jesus Christ. If they start to squirm around, I'm like, oh, there's something in there. Uh, you know, and it's not that everyone has to use that name, but it's the only name that you've never heard anything bad about. It's mm -hmm. the only name that will chase out demons. Uh, when we use the name of Buddha, when we use the name of any of these other uh, quote unquote avatars, when someone says that there has been many, many avatars of God at different times, you know, there may, it may have been that way, but they're not afraid of Jesus. I, I'm sorry. They're not afraid of them the way they are of Jesus. You know, the, allegedly they were happening every 500 years uh, from like the year 7,000 to about or 7,000 BC to uh, zero, the year zero there, they were happening every 500 or so years, one of these quote unquote ascended masters, but then they stopped after Jesus. Now, why would that be, you know, if they were all incarnates of God, why, why did it stop? Obviously we're in a time period, right. That we would need something like that. So it, it never stopped the enslavement, never stopped the, so if that was true, that they were being born every 500 years, and it's been 2000 years, why? What happened there? So obviously, that Jesus was very different than the other ones. And that once he came down, nobody could then try to mimic what he was going to do. They knew the playbook, they knew what was to come. And they were trying to deceive everybody, but none of them could defeat death. None of them resurrected. Osiris didn't resurrect here. Osiris resurrected in the underworld. And it's a very big difference, you know, if you're here versus the underworld. So what, so how do we know that demons are in us is first, I would say that the physical representation of demons are parasites. We can see all the correlation if you look up a science, you know, a, a atheistic science person who talks about uh, parasites, look at all the characteristics a parasite has, go to a demonologist, you know, a hardcore Christian demonologist who will tell you all the characteristics of a demon, and they will be the same thing. Now, it may be synonyms for them, 
but what they do to us is the same thing that they are one and the same the physical as above so below as above their spirits demonic energies so below their parasites that live in us and what they do is they live off of our bad behaviors they actually give us dopamine hits when we feed them when we maybe we smoke a little weed and we have parasites in us well parasites don't have the opportunity to feel god the way that we do but when we smoke weed then all of a sudden they can feel god because it's coming through us and they are eating us so then they're just munching away and now they feel god so now we get addicted to smoking weed now we think and this is something i thought now i can only be psychic if i'm smoking weed i can only help people if i'm smoking weed if i i can only do these wonderful things of of spiritual warfare if i'm doing psychedelics if I'm, you know that's the types of thoughts that they give us because it is allowing them to experience god because they can't experience god without us they need a host body we are the host so if we do a parasite cleanse, which uh, episode 90 of my podcast with Alexia Eisenhower, she uh, breaks it down beautifully. Uh, we do a parasite detox starting three days before a full moon, then the, full, the day of the full moon, and then three days after the full moon. You want to get wormwood in you. You want to get black walnut, clove, and garlic. They're the four main ingredients. You want them in you during that week because the that is when they are in our intestines and they are feasting on the full moon they are partying up in us and this is part of the reason why we are so uh, consumed with negativity on the full moon is because that's them they're partying it up so they want us to do all these bad behaviors they're reproducing in our intestines and doing all sorts of uh so we can't my- get rid of these parasites they they're well, alive no no you do the parasite detox and you kill them so that's why i'm saying you you do these uh the wormwood the clove the garlic for good? you're saying for good or can we get walnut? can we as in we can kill these parasites for good but can we get them back if we fall down a bad path again yes yeah right so if you like gain the demon from say you're eating a lot of sweets and it it can build in you now we know that our food our water and our oxygen a lot of metals are sprayed in the air or sprayed in the food and different things like even deodorant has aluminum in it so like we are able to grow parasites in us from things that are already in us that shouldn't be there you know it's kind of like mold just seemingly grows out of nowhere it's the same type of deal. So we have to be very careful. God, with there's, what we... so much. <laughs> there's so it much. It is so though. much. It is. It's everywhere though. <laughs> it is. That's why we need to do a, a consistent detox. Like every full moon, uh, you do just uh, a detox and you use some zeolite, which will pull the metals mm-hmm. out of you. So you do the, the, uh, the wormwood, the black walnut, gar- garlic and clove first. Then you do some zeolite. And that'll keep you clear. And you also start purifying yourself by giving up your bad habits. And uh, if someone wants to spiritually get them away, you call in the name of Jesus Christ. It's the only name that I know works. It's the only name that I know has made people ascend. 
It's the only name that I know that it stops alien abductions because I was abducted by aliens my entire life until I was saved by Christ. And it's not aliens in a, a weird way. They're fallen angels and demonic entities that were created by fallen angels. This is part of the reason why I know them all so well because they were abducting me and experimenting on me uh, for my entire life, which I found out doing all of my trauma clearing and my uh, psychedelic searches of my own psyche, I started to unlock all these memories and dreams and, and I started to put connected dots together. So Jesus Christ is the only name that stops that phenomena, sleep paralysis. If someone's experiencing sleep paralysis where they can't move, but they become aware and it feels like something's sitting on their chest, if they use the name of Jesus Christ, that thing will leave. You have to invoke the name. You have to have belief in your heart and you have to uh, just use your power and authority in his name because he was human and he is our creator. So his name has more power and authority than anything else. So they have to obey us because we have the blood of Jesus Christ in us. So that gives us the power and authority. So, you know, his name stops all of those things and it helps us all ascend. So if someone starts to listen to music that's uh, centered around Jesus Christ, like I switch all my secular stuff for Christian uh, hip hop and, and uh, worship music, it started to make my daughter squirm when she would hear that. And I realized there was something in her and I cast demons out of her because, you know, that squirming thing is a very real thing when people, that's what demons do. You have to really get your mind inside of a demon and say to yourself, well, what would a demon think if a demon took over my body? Would a demon say that exp all experience is good? It doesn't matter if I'm raped, if I'm murdered, if I'm beat. If I'm this, if I'm that, I just want to experience things. Would a demon say that? Well, yeah, a, a demon would say that because they don't get to have physical experience. So any experience of them would be a good experience. So you got to get in the mindset of a demon of what they would be thinking, why they would be thinking it, and just really contemplate those types of things. And then you'll start to understand if you have one in you or not. And I mean, Everyone has them in them, uh, parasites at least, to some degree. Uh, and there's a, a parasite that cats carry. So cats not, aren't the only ones that carry it, but they these parasites live out full life cycles on cats for some reason, where a, a mouse, it's a whole weird process, but the parasite will go into the mouse and make the mouse then get killed by the cat so that the parasite can then go back into the cat. It, it's a whole, it's like, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like Cleo, osteomosis. I forget what exactly it is. You know, no, no one quote me on that, obviously. Yeah. I, I forget <laughs> what the word is. But there is, there's some kind of parasite that makes, it leaves the cat, goes into critters, and then draws the critters back to the cat so the cat can kill them. It's a very weird thing, but that's how they operate. They they branch out in order to strengthen themselves. So you have to think of it in that type of term that these demonic energies want to feed themselves. So they're going to make you do things that are bad for you that you don't want to stop because you're feeding them and you're not knowing that they are feeding off of you. And it's, it's a, 
it's a hard thing to get over, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that I have all my demons out of me still, you know, I still have bad behaviors that I can't, uh, I control myself very well, but there's still times where I get upset about something and either like a grief stricken way, or maybe an anger stricken way. And it's like, I can't get over it for some reason, like I'm trying to, but it feels like there's some kind of block or fog that's hanging over me. Mm. So at different times, you know, I just, I try to call on the name of Christ and then I'll be freed from whatever that blockage was. And it's like, wow, you know, what is in me? You know, I still got to do more, more detoxes, but it's uh, just using the name of Christ really helps you be clear and not, and knowing that you don't need to put any psychedelics or anything that's going to get you extra connected to God in you, that you have all the powers and capabilities in you right now, wherever you are in your spiritual awakening. What are your thoughts about someone, a friend of mine, <laughs> who he's actually um, thinking not suicidal thoughts, but is actually looking forward to the next life they're kind of like yeah i'm ready to move on and okay so it's not <laughs> suicidal but they're like yeah this life isn't great yeah, i you know i'm boring. looking forward to the next one <laughs> yeah yeah i i very much know that and especially now with what's going on especially in your country mm. all the stuff that's going on people are just like yeah i'm checked out you know can we move on with this please i very much relate to that uh, i was that way not very long ago i've seen like i didn't have a purpose and that's maybe they are probably without purpose at the moment uh but if they figure out their purpose i'm sure that they have a grand purpose we all have a very grand purpose mm -hmm. so i'm sure if they were able to figure that out then they would be looking forward to how can i help humanity now because we are all here to help humanity get to the next level so it's not no, it, there's nothing demonic about thinking that way or is there a demon there that's uh no i, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't think that that's necessarily a demon i would think that that's probably uh like just being without purpose not really mm -hmm. having uh something to look forward to daily mm -hmm. like what i have now doing the podcast interviewing people working with clients one-on-one -on -one, you know, I have all this information that I want to help people with. And God put me in a position where I can use it. I have this purpose. And I look forward to it. I love it. You know, I put out three or four episodes every week, I do a lot of editing for it that, you know, I didn't know how to edit at all last year, I didn't have any knowledge of any of this computer stuff last year. And in doing this, taking this uh, task on, it gave me purpose, it gave me new challenges to figure out and overcome. So I would have your friend just try to challenge himself or herself uh, in figuring out new things to do in life that would give them a meaning to wake up in the morning, a, a meaning to live here another day. And like you said, it's not suicidal necessarily, but it's like looking forward to heaven, which is a great thing to keep your eye towards heaven but we want to stay grounded as humans. That's how I end all of my episodes is I ask people, uh, what is your go-to grounding technique? Because we have to learn how to get along being here and we have to figure out how to keep ourselves grounded to here and now 
with with an eye on the sky you know one eye always thinking of the next place but for the most part we are here fulfilling our purpose in one way or another tell me a little bit more about your energy work and mentorship program the energy work that i do i do spiritual baptisms uh which is i baptize people in the name of jesus christ uh, we meditate and i help clear them out now it's not something i've actually jesus called on me yesterday to not do it as often as I thought I would be doing it, that I'll be doing things a little bit differently, that spiritual baptisms will still be something I do for people that are in very much in need. But what I really do is I am a therapeutic conversationalist. I like to use that term for legal reasons and also because it's it's very true. <laughs> when people talk to me, they feel better when they feel that they can be honest with me because I'm very honest in my podcast with my whole story you know my first 13 episodes are my story and i'm brutally honest uh oh, about yeah, you are <laughs> it's deep it's really deep <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gets deep yeah so people feel like they can open up to me i can relate to people on a lot of different levels uh most people haven't gone through as many experiences that i have uh into the trauma stuff so they feel that they can that if I've done it, you know, I've had people say this to me, I'm not offended, that if I could be where I am from where I was, then imagine how, where they could be. So mm -hmm. uh, people resonate with that. And what I do is we talk and whatever is happening, you know, I've had clients who are going through a cancer diagnosis. I have clients who are not sure of what's what is going on in their life of why things are going the way they are. I have clients that are starting to realize Jesus Christ is the creator and they want to know some information about that. Uh, I just really talk to my client based on what they want and what they need at the time. And it's, I kind of unburden them. Whereas now I, when I have a burden on me, when, you know, something goes wrong in my life, I don't hold it on onto it very long. And I just kind of give it to Jesus immediately. It takes my burdens from me. So when I'm talking with somebody and they're unloading their burden on me, it's like they're passing it to me and I'm passing it right up to Jesus. It's like, I, so at one time before I was doing it that way, like I'll say when I would have a conversation with a family member and this person was just, you know, nonstop complain, 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 and I'm listening and listening and listening. And what it would make me do is then I'm taking on the life of this complaint. And now I'm being weighed down and I'm not living my best life because I'm holding on to their burden as well as my own or maybe not even my own, but I'm just being extra burdened. Well, now I have such a relationship with Jesus where I'm just passing it up to him uh, so that I can still live my life in peace and the other people, they can live their life in peace. I offer a lot of clarity on situations, you know, because I am uh, psychic or, you know, I see things and I have intuitive thoughts come to me and all of the stuff that, that you get when you go to like a typical quote unquote reading, you know, I have all those abilities, 
but I don't do it in that way. You know, I, I, I'm not here for parlor tricks. I'm here to help people. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to give logical, practical information because people really need to know how they can live their best life. And it, I, I do free consultations with people. I say 30 minute consultation, but it usually ends up being an hour because people have a lot to say. Now, some clients I'll have, or some people I'll have come to me for a consultation and I tell them, I'm like, you don't need to work with me. You know, like we have this conversation now, but I don't want you to pay me because I don't need your money. You don't need me. You just need Jesus. And I, I give them some practical information. Like maybe I'll have them change their music. Maybe I'll have them look at a situation with an, a, a current or an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend in new light. I'll give them a new way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to people, I mean, I, they always come back to talk to me and it's not uh, for a money basis. You know, I talk to people, they become friends because I am helping them because that's really what's about. The money aspect is really just an energetic seal so that you close me out. Like a lot of people will say uh, that they need money because uh, they want to see that their clients are actually putting forth an effort. You know, if they financially commit, then maybe they'll be more committed to doing the work. Mm -hmm. For me, if you're coming to me, you're committed to doing the work. I don't have any fear or qualms about that. But uh, there's an energy exchange that needs to go on from the other end because i i don't have control none of us really have control over our psychic abilities in a complete manner and if someone's letting me in the only way to stop that fully is for that person to exchange the energy back so money is energy uh, it's an energy exchange and that, that's what really it closes me out so that I'm free from hearing all your stuff you know I don't have to feel all your feelings and think all your thoughts and all that and you don't have to worry about me like invading your space or your mind or anything like that because uh, a lot of people they don't know that that's happening but when we offer ourselves up to psychic readings and mediumships and all that we open ourselves to those people who then have direct access to us at all times. And we have a telepathic connection that is there that shouldn't be there. And so if you're not using your energy for that reason, uh, the money to energetically seal someone off, make sure you're understanding that in your mind, that that is what that is for. It's an energetic end to the exchange. Wow. You're amazing, Todd. (laughs) Thank you. And you are really, really, really good to talk to. Very easy to talk to. Oh, I appreciate Um, (laughs) that. So what's next for you? Is there anything else that you've got in the pipeline? Are you you booked up? Are you completely overwhelmed with everything you've got going? No, no, I love it. I mean, I, I do have a ton going on. Some days I have two interviews. Some days I'll have an interview and a guest appearance. I am doing a lot of stuff, but I love it. And God showed me, you know, Jesus keeps telling me like, I want, I always want more and I I want more than I can probably handle at the time. But I'm like, come on, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he's like, no, you're not. You know, I I like to use the phrase like uh, when a parent and a child 
the child's like, I want to touch that stove. And the parent's like, no, it's hot. <laughs> and the child's like, no, let me touch it. And, you know, sometimes the parent lets us touch it. And then we're like, oh, I shouldn't have touched it. And it's like, yeah, you see why I was keeping you from doing that? So I, I always want more than I can handle. But then Jesus shows me why uh, at some point he'll let me touch the stove. And I'll say, see, you're not ready just yet. And then I'll learn different lessons. And then I'll say, oh, okay, now. I see I wasn't ready several weeks ago, but now I actually am ready. I thought I was, but I wasn't. So what is going on with me is, you know, I, I love interviewing experts uh, at different things. You know, I would love to have you on the podcast as well, you know, hear oh, about your story. My story. Oh, it's boring. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine it's boring. If you're hosting a podcast, you definitely have a good story and a good feel for what's going on. Recently, it's boring, but yeah, no, I'm just, <laughs> I don't, I like interviewing people that have, you know, have all the knowledge. I, I think I know the answers sometimes. And then someone just blows me away and I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm back at square one. I don't know anything. There's my ego getting ahead of me. But yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, I don't know. I, I, I did experience detached retinas and I, and I, there was a bit of a spiral of, of a lot of bad things happening, not to the degree of, of your life at all, but, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of, I, well, I started meditating I, into Buddhism, but I don't really practice it anymore. So meditation is pretty big for me as I, sometimes on weekends I'll do six hours. I'll stop and mm. start. Okay. Um, and so I've seen some pretty trippy things and I've even had I'm some sure. experiences with, uh, healing frequency and, and, um, sound baths, like sometimes see things that I'm like, what? And, and I try not to research it too much because I don't want it to convolute my mind in any way, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm at a point of psychic level. Mm. I do think my third eye is open sometimes, but I'm still getting confused as to you know, what the messages are. Yeah, it's definitely a confusing world to operate in because we physically live here. And we're not from here, so it's hard to operate here already. And then when we add in the fourth dimension, the astral realm, mm. uh, it's it can become more confusing. And then we, we can look things up and and there can be, you know, you can look up one thing and can have seven different answers and you can be like, well, this one applies to me, but so does this one. And you don't really know where you stand because it's people's perceptions. They're putting down what their life experience and into what you're reading on that paper so, or on that uh, Google search or whatever. So it's really, <laughs> it's really hard to figure all that out the only way that I've been able to figure out what I have is it's a repeated thing of interaction with the same types of entities and talking to Jesus as much as I do. Like I talk to him all throughout my day in my mind, like yesterday, for example, he was telling me, I always use the, the uh, example that Jesus is the coach and I'm the quarterback and we're, I'm filling out this football team, you know, that we can't all play the same position you know, it's, you need some people to be a kicker. Some people need to be a wide receiver. Some people need to be your defense. You mm -hmm. need to fill out all these different positions. And yesterday he was uh, kind of going over with me, people that I've met and what position they would be playing if we we're on a football team and, and why they're this position, because they do this. And it was just, it was very funny uh, how <laughs> it all works out, but I have 
a great relationship with him and he's always with me. So that's, he, I lean on him for all of it because I'm 100% correct. Every time I get something from him, you know, where psychics say the best psychics, like I said, are 70%. When I lean on him, I'm 100% correct every single time. So uh, he doesn't leave any room for Dale. Yeah. Nice. I'd like to get to that point. I think it'd be fun. I, I'm sure there'd be some bad sides to it as well, but yeah, I'd like to be able to get to that level and take uh, on the next no, challenge. Of <laughs> there's no bad side of uh, a great relationship with him. I'll tell you that he it's, there's some hard stuff when you have to give up a habit that you don't want to give up, mm-hmm. you know, that you could look at that as bad or, you know, if you, have negative people hanging around you that you keep around, but you know, you shouldn't. And then you get to a point where your moral compass will no longer allow you to hang out with that person. Mm-hmm. If, if someone wants to look at that as bad, I mean, that's a, a perception thing, but to me, it's to purify you, to help you become a better person and to really make you the being that you were designed to be. So uh, getting to that level with him, now, I don't know if everyone will be able to because they have to talk to him all the time. You know, I literally talk to him all the time, even when I'm just thinking thoughts. Uh, it's always in with him. I, I always wear this bracelet. What would Jesus do? I have on hats that say Jesus shirts. Not this shirt actually doesn't. But, you know, a lot of my stuff that I, I wear is in honor of him because he is everything. He saved my life. Oh, that's sweet, Todd. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, and the name Emmanuel Kingman. Yes. So how did you, that, yeah. How did you find that name? <laughs> so that name came to me and the word Emmanuel means God is with us. And Kingman means one of the King's men. Uh, so the way it came to me as I kept, I, I was thinking it was my higher self telling me this for months that I should start calling myself Emmanuel. And because I know it's the name God is with us and it says it's written in the Bible that you will name your, your child, Emmanuel, mm-hmm. uh, meaning God is with us. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, I am not a savior. I am not a Messiah figure. I am not going to call myself that. <laughs> and then one day the name, uh, King, I was thinking, you know, intuitively I was talking to Jesus in, in my mind and that thought came to me as like Emmanuel. And I had been thinking the last few days before that, you know, okay, if I have a last name, you know, then I'll do it. And then all of a sudden I'm driving down the road and I see Kingman drive. Like my head just snaps to the right and I look and it says real big Kingman. And I'm like, what is that going to be my last name? And he said, yep. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I was thinking it was my higher self giving it to me, but turns out that there is a thing called the book of life and the Christian, uh, uh, on their terms or not, I can't even think of the word, but in their line of thinking that there's a book called the book of life and in the book of life, people are written into it with a new name. And I didn't know that that's what my new, I was being written into the book of life. So I had to accept the name change but I wouldn't accept just the one name because even though God is with us, I didn't want people looking at me in that manner that I'm some kind of Messiah figure. So Emmanuel Kingman, I'm one of the King's men. That is something I'm more, much more comfortable with. 
So once I got that, I was like, okay, I'll take it. So the book of life, can you elaborate on that? I don't know too much on the book of life. It's something that came to me uh, just recently, and I haven't really delved into it too much. But we are all written into the book of life, meaning eternal life, Mm -hmm. that we will all be granted eternal life if we take the necessary steps to repent and become better people and really do our best to to spread the good news of uh, of God and how to help people. So we are written into the book of life at some point. Now, maybe some people are born written into the book of life because their life path is very simple and they know it right from the get and they never really astray, you know, they, they really just stay on a solid path. Mm-hmm. But then there's people like myself who went to prison and were was doing a lot of unclean things and leading people astray so i had to earn my way into the book of life and in doing so i had to be renamed uh so my parents gave me the name todd armstrong and jesus gave me the name emmanuel kingman and so that's kind of what happens you know the the never-ending story you're familiar with that movie yes yeah well how's he saved the (laughs) empress i was just thinking about that the other day (laughs) Uh, that's a good movie actually but he he saves the empress by giving her a new name that's all he had to do was change her name and and she would be saved and you know i was saved and my name was changed so nice like it and how can people find you i'm also going to put everything in the link for the description of the podcast but if you could just tell my listeners how they can find you Okay. Yeah. So my website, emmanuelkingman.com and Emmanuel is with an I, it's not with an E, it's I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L kingman.com. That's my website. You can find all of my social media links there. I have my email address, thegreatchakraawakening777 at gmail.com. And my YouTube channel, Goodness Over Darkness. I want everyone to go like share subscribe because i do a lot of different stuff on there so not only do i do a lot of editing for my video portion of my podcast i have different trailers with it i have an intro i have a bridge i I do all sorts of different stuff with the video portion of the uh, podcast but i also do different mini series like i have a two-part series on the destruction of the world uh, the second destruction of the world, according to the Bible, has already happened. Has uh, already 18, happened. Yeah, in the 1800s. And it, it moves our timeline. People think that we're here for the, you know, that this tribulation is still to come and the rapture is still to happen. To I've kind of figured out that that stuff's already happened 200 years ago. And we're here at the final judgment now that we're the... So this is all according to the Bible's timeline of events that uh, where we are. But I also have a three-part series on the book of Enoch. And I do a live show every other Friday with my friend Andy Rouse, who hosts the Deep Share podcast. And that show is called Worship in the Storm, where me, Andy, and Mimi, my girlfriend and co-host, we all have a good time talking about different stuff. And uh, I also do a... Uh, roundtable series called the human race which once a month i'll get different like-minded but different-minded people together and we'll talk a topic and we have a good time doing that so 
you know, I have all those different series happening and I love doing all of it. So how, yeah, how my YouTube you channel is always popping. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just, I'm just kind of led to it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, I would like to ask you one question though, before Absolutely. we finish up. Would you rather have a huge imagination or a photographic memory? Okay, so well, I have both now. So, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, so, but before I was a caveman and I couldn't think very well. I couldn't actually speak very well. I couldn't, I would get angry at myself when I was in prison seven years ago. I would get angry at myself because I couldn't think. And it was like, man, I used to be intelligent when I was younger. And then these drugs really ruined my mind. So what would I rather have? If I had to choose one, you know, if I went back to that time, I'd rather have the photographic memory. That's, that's what I would rather have because I could then, and I have had that my entire life. Like I could just see the image in my mind, which I think they're kind of the same thing because you have to have a, a really good imagination in order to see things in your mind already. So uh, I mean, my imagination is what helps me do the spiritual warfare, because if I, I started and controlling my environment around me, like I could make branches break and stuff like that, based on what I'm experiencing in meditation, like I could, I would do something and a branch would break it, it, different weird stuff. But I realized that it's imagination is the force that connects all of us. It's the that's kind of the mind of God, you know, if you will, it's the veins that are running from God's brain is the space in between that we can't see. And when we tap into that imaginative world, that's, that's where you get all those different abilities. So I don't know that you could have photographic memory without it. But if I had to choose one, I would probably say the photographic memory. Okay, nice. I would have gone imagination, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I might change my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, either of those? I'd like to think I've got a pretty big imagination. It could be a little warped to some people. I'm very creative. And I don't know if I astral travel. I was told that I must do. I actually like dreaming. I actually, yeah. I don't always have the nicest dreams, but they're not bad to the point of I've got nightmares it's more of a whoa what, what was that all about I have mm. a lot of dreams about being underground and and helping people and I also oh have, no no kidding and I always remember there's sometimes there's different people but I can actually feel the hand so if I'm reaching out to someone I can actually feel their hand and I don't know if I'm in my sleep shaking my hand because I can tell I'm dreaming uh, but yeah, I always have dreams like that, or it seems like a dystopian world where it's just everything is dead and it's desert and we're all underground. And I've had a couple of times a dream about being in a camp. And this is going to sound really trippy. <laughs> I'm all for it. And, and I, I'm trying to escape. And there's this female with me. And I'm not lesbian. I don't have a problem with that. But she tells me how much she loves me and how she really wants to sleep with me but I know she's an alien because mm. I find out she's a dream uh, it's happened twice and and I feel like I know who she is like I feel as if I've met her in the real world but I don't I can't wow. remember her face is very you know that photographic memory would come in handy but uh yeah and 
I say, no, I'm not interested. And she said, okay, well, I'm still going to help you escape. And she helps me escape. And then I come wow, back and I, a... and I help other people. And it's the that's same scenario. Awesome. The second time I had that dream, same scenario, but uh, it just happens differently. But I just think that's oh. really weird. What's the, uh, it is les- really les- weird. lesbian alien. <laughs> yeah, that, that is really weird. Maybe she's trying to impregnate you or something. <laughs> well, it's a female though. Oh, well, maybe and she looks human. She actually looks human. Yeah. Well, so when they put a block on their face, I've experienced this as well, where, uh, so when I talk about my alien abduction, uh, experience, I see mantid beings, uh, insectoids, uh, and I also see grays. Now, when I try to see reptilians in my mind, I feel like there's a block in place that I can't really depict if it is oh but because i can't see it the way that i see the others i'm like oh okay well it's probably there but they won't let me see it so i understand what you're saying and that you try that you think you know who this person is like you've seen her but you can't really see the face i know that feeling Mm. and it's it's there it's probably because they're trying to put a block there because maybe you aren't supposed to figure it <laughs> out oh maybe they are i don't know <laughs> i'm kind of flattered but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's an awesome imagination that you have there mm, yeah it's weird and i've i can sometimes feel the wind uh I, I know i'm dreaming i even had a dream once that there was sand everywhere in my office and i can actually feel the sand underneath my feet wow well, so you, you're very in tune and, and oh, you say really? your life's not interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have great no, spiritual just, gifts. I don't know if it's all in my head though, but yeah, I do. Yeah. The dreaming, I like dreaming. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. It's just... well, did you ever see Harry Potter when Harry asks Hagrid? I've he's like, never seen a Harry Potter. Oh, well, you gotta, well, you don't gotta, but it's interesting. Harry says to Hagrid at one point, he's like, uh, is this real or is this all happening in my head? And Hagrid said, what on earth gives you the idea if it's happening in your head that it's not real? Mm. So uh, just because it's happening in your mind, you know, you are a piece of God and, uh, you know, as above, so below, if we're all in God's mind, then obviously we're all in your mind. We're the cells of God, right? Just Mm. like your body is made up of a bunch of cells. So when you look at it like that, that you're experiencing life inside of you when you dream and it's just on a maybe a different dimension or however someone wants to really term it it's uh it doesn't mean it's not real just because it's not in this physical reality Hmm. next time we speak todd i may have turned into this spiritual enlightened being (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely, uh, yeah, I'm definitely open to a lot of different things at the moment. So yeah, having a conversation with you has definitely made me go, hmm, Jesus Christ. I'm going to start saying yeah. his name a lot more. Well, I can feel, you know, <laughs> I don't typically say this to people because it's uh, weird, but I can feel that you are probably one of his angels and you, you're coming to the realizations that you've had with all of your different spiritual gifts but because it's so natural to you you feel that everybody probably can 
can do this, which they all have access to, but that you are actually not just the run of the mill human, that you are someone who is here for specific, well, we're all here for our own specific reasons, Mm -hmm. but I can feel that you are here with a more grand purpose than you may know at the time, at this time. That sounds awesome. I'll take it. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Todd. And I hope everything goes well over in Georgia. How is it, by the way? How's everything? Uh, uh, I mean, it it is what it is. I try not to pay too much attention to mm-hmm. the nonsense that goes on. It's uh, a little difficult with uh, my daughter's school. You know, I, I gave them pushback on taking down. I got my daughter exempt from wearing a mask and I got them to take down the uh, different propaganda pieces that they have, uh, like saying wear a mask all around the school. I got them to take all that stuff down. I, I joined the school board or not the school board, but a school governance thing so that I have a say in what's happening there so outside of that and I haven't had any real pushback and what I've brought to them uh, outside of that I don't face anyone who because I don't have it in me to care about it you know I don't have anyone coming up to me when I go into a store and saying you got to put a mask on mm-hmm. or you know I don't argue about mandates because to me, I, I know it's a thing that's there, mm. but I can't control it one way or the other. So I'm not going to let it control me either. So, I mean, I know Australia is really uh, like wild stuff. I would love to uh, <laughs> hear from you about all that different stuff uh, when you come on my podcast and, and how you're, you're putting up with that. But Georgia is actually, I moved here during the pandemic because Trump was saying, oh, they're opening too soon. He kept coming on TV every day saying that when the lockdowns are happening, and he's like, oh, they're opening too early. And I'm like, that's where I want to be. And that's why I came down here in the first place. So, you know, I, I love it down here. The weather is great. We're just about done winter, which was like two weeks long for us. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a, it's a great place to live. We can farm out here. We can have privacy we have uh there's not traffic the way that i come from philadelphia where there's a lot of traffic so it's a very peaceful and loving out here and i and i love it thank you very much todd yeah thank you for having me well that concludes the conversation with todd armstrong also known as emmanuel kingdom And I recommend you check out his podcast where he and his co-host and partner Mimi discuss an array of interesting topics. There is an episode I recall, it's called Detox from Parasites. It's number 90 and it's with Alexia Eisenhower. She uncovers the germ theory and natural ingredients to, to detox. You'll want to get your hands on some wormwood after you listen to that conversation. And stay tuned for next Saturday where I will be chatting with an astrologer and I love the stars. I love learning about planets, anything to do with the universe. I'm all in and yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that one. And just remember people, open your hearts, open your minds, live life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.